Welcome to the K-Pop Corner. This is Kendra. Unfortunately, Luann can't join us today. Um, she's feeling a bit under the weather. So it's just going to be me giving you a solo podcast. Hopefully you like it. Um, episode 2 is all about K-Pop marketing, how it compares to the West, or like for me specifically, the U.S., and why it's so successful. So to start this... You basically have to understand how K-pop even came about. Um, There was the 1997 Asian financial crisis, and this led the Korean government to enforce restrictions on Japanese cultural imports, which then left a void that needed to be filled. And the South Korean Ministry of Culture decided to invest heavily in the local arts, and as a result, we have the Korean Cultural Wave, or Hallyu, and that resulted in the rise of K-pop, um, Korean dramas, and all those lovely goods that we uh, love and know today. So basically, K-pop is a $5 billion industry. It is one of their biggest exports. And... If you're an international K-pop fan like I am, I'm sure you can understand why that number is so big. I know um, for us international fans, it can be really difficult to get our hands on certain goods, but I do think a lot of companies have emerged to help fill the gap. But I think at the root of everything to me is the number one good that they are exporting to us is albums, physical albums. What I think is amazing about that is the fact that here in the U.S., we just don't do CDs anymore. You know, if you're setting out to go buy an album, like a physical album from Best Buy, good luck. Because the last time I went there, I think they either had one shelf or they didn't have it at all. And they basically told me that they don't have it because there's not a demand for it. With the rise of, you know, streaming and digital releases, it just seems like everyone wants to stream the music rather than buy an actual physical album. So my question was, why is a dying medium so popular in South Korea? Like, what are they doing differently? And the biggest answer to me (laughs) is the packaging. So if you were to pick up like a BTS album or any album like that, you will notice that the outside of the packaging is very aesthetically pleasing. They are roughly the size of a book, sometimes even bigger. Um, So when you put them all together on your shelf, it looks like you have a nice book collection. It doesn't look like you know, a bunch of tiny, short, little jewel cases um, taking up space. They look aesthetically pleasing. And then everything about it, the marketing, the color schemes, the designs, they think it through very well. Um, For instance, if you look at Beautiful by Monsta X, there's three mini albums that you can buy. One is pink, one is white, and the other is blue. But when you put them side by side on a shelf. They have one continuous design that goes across all three albums, and it's absolutely stunning. 
Like I said, they put so much thought into every little detail. And then when you open them up, you get a beautiful photo book. Um, you know, just beautiful shots of all the members. Oftentimes they'll have units. Um, it's just really well done marketing. When you open a jewel case here, like with our CDs, you basically get a few images and some lyrics. That's it. You don't get like a piece of art. Maybe sometimes you might, some artists might make it creative, but in general, I don't think many people get very excited for the sleeve inside the CD, but K-pop is just like a whole different story. Um, they're also not just a few pages. Like I'm telling you, this is a book. Even if you look at One Ho's, because One Ho's a solo artist, um, his books are a little smaller. I don't even know how many pages there are, but it's substantial. It's more than just the few that you get in your little booklet that comes in the CD. Another thing is the US, we don't even have a way to play CDs anymore. I know that most people probably have like USB, Bluetooth speakers all over their house. Unless you live with your parents or you're into, you know, old school analog stereo systems and stuff like that, you're not going to have a CD player just hanging around. It's almost like old technology. So when you go to get a new car in this day and age, you will most likely not get a CD player inside it. They've totally done away with that. I know that my car still has it because it's 2017, but my fiance and Luann, uh, both of them have new cars and they don't have CD players. I think that it's kind of sad because when I put in um, like Monster X, Are You There? and Shootout comes on, I freaking like, I shake to death with that bass. It's crazy. And you just don't get that kind of fidelity or, you know, you don't get that impact as much when you're streaming everything. But that's just, <laughs> that's just my little digress. Um, in addition to marketing each album with multiple versions, which encourages the fans to purchase multiple versions of the same album, but for different artwork and different photo shoots and concepts. They also include photo cards with the album. And these photo cards are like little two and a half by three and a half inch, um, you know, like baseball card looking photos. And it kind of turns that into its own market as well. Like if you go on eBay or Macari, there are photo cards galore to buy. And they range anywhere from maybe $6 or $5 each to $50, depending on how rare they are. And I told myself, and I told Luann, that I was definitely not going to be one of those people. I told her that I would just take whatever photo cards that came with the album and call it a day. You know, like I stuffed them all, stuffed, that's a bad word. I just put them all in my um, light stick box, my Monsta X light stick box. And that was it. And then, I don't know, further, the further I got into 
the fandom and the more I started shopping around and seeing all these different photo cards I didn't know existed, I started to slide into that that whole hole. Um, and I really haven't quite got myself out of it. It's really hard. I had to delete Macari off my phone because the temptation to buy a like six or seven dollar photo card was just way too great. You just think, oh, that's no big deal. That's like, you know, a cost of one roll of sushi. No biggie. But then, you know, five cards later, it definitely adds up. So I decided, no, no. <laughs> I decided to limit myself on that one. Um, but yeah, definitely adding to the whole market and the whole, like, just successful monetary gain of the whole entire K-pop world. It's really, really crazy. Um, another part of that whole world and monetary gain would be the gamification that comes along with the K-pop industry. So if you're unaware, like I was not aware of this until I signed up for Twitter and I didn't have a Twitter. Just so you know, I'm 34 years old and I just signed up for Twitter maybe a year, year and a half ago. And it was specifically for Monsta X. Like I wanted to be able to meet other people who like them and, you know, find out more information about them and what's going on with the industry or promos or whatever. But what I came to find is how wild like Twitter stan can be. And when I say Twitter stan, Stan is like someone who they will sign up an account on Twitter specifically in support of one group or well, they could be a multi-stan, so multiple groups, or sometimes just to um, support like one member of the group. It's really, really crazy. I didn't even know this stuff existed until I signed up for Twitter, but... <laughs> I digress here too. Um, Twitter will be another part that I talk about here in a minute. But when you sign up and you get into this whole K-pop fandom world, you will find out that there is a gamification to the K-pop industry. Meaning, these people will tell you to download certain applications so that you can vote for your idols. And voting is really kind of complicated basically means you have to go on these apps if you can download them because some of them requires a Korean VPN in order to download and that means either you have to rent it or buy it or somehow finagle a VPN so that you can download this app and use it. So if you can do the ones for the US which I think for me was like Mewbeat and the Soul Music Awards. Um, there might be some others, but those two I have experience with. You have to either watch ads, or you have to purchase goods, or you have to find some sort of free marketing like surveys or other things that will give you hearts in exchange for information. For instance, there's plenty of things that you can go on there and it will say it's free, but you have to download their app or you have to 
um, like and subscribe on something or you have to do a survey and give them all your information. So no matter what, nothing's truly free on there. You're definitely either selling your information or buying some, some good. And all those ad dollars go to the people advertising on those apps. And then in exchange for whatever, whether you buy something or you get free things, you get little hearts or little voting tickets, and then you use that to vote for your idol. And oftentimes, idols will have like a whole comeback schedule, and they'll appear on all these different music shows. And then there's different periods of times of when you vote, and you use these hearts to vote, and then at you know said specified time, they do the tallies, and whoever wins gets the trophy. Um, the gamification comes from the fact that they're playing on your emotions and they're preying on your love of the groups in order to inspire you to action. Either they get your information, which you give them willingly, because you're like, I want them to win, or you're buying goods. And in this example, as silly as it is, I've definitely fell prey to it twice. And it's not even falling prey. I knew what I was doing. I knew I was being manipulated. But I still wanted to get them the win. So during, during Monster X's fatal love comeback, you know, they're like, hey, go vote for them on the MewBeat app, blah, blah, blah. Like, we only have so many hours left. So I had been trying all week to get them free free tickets or free votes and it was really difficult so finally in the end I was like all right there's some satin pillowcases I've been interested in trying they're available on the app like if I buy it now then I get a whole bunch of hearts that I can hopefully get a win for Monstax with and everything was great they were in first place and then literally within the last 10 minutes of voting the other fandom definitely like orchestrated a mass vote probably bought stuff who who really knows i know that they there are fandoms that will basically they, i don't know how to explain this it's like a gofundme they have a bunch of the fans donate little bits of money and then they use that money to buy whatever gets them the most hearts and then they use that and then they get a ton of votes they must have done such a thing because they just completely crushed us and everyone and you know the next day for the awards show Monsex didn't win and it's really frustrating because all these all the fans will sit there on twitter and they'll blow it up the next day and be like you guys didn't try hard enough and you know thank you to the people who are actually doing their part and shame on the rest of you for not and it's really frustrating because it has nothing to do with any of that. Like, everyone loves their groups. Everyone wants their groups to win. But at the end of the day, it's all a game. All about marketing. It's all about ad dollars. And it has zero to do with whether we appreciate the artist or not. It has nothing to do with the amount of love or lack of love. It's ridiculous. So... The gamification of the K-pop industry is really, really frustrating for me because no matter what, at the end of the day, it is a numbers game. You know, if you have one fandom that has a thousand fans and you have another fandom that has 500 fans 
and you get to, let's just say each gets one vote, there's no way, no way that the second fandom can ever catch the first. If we're assuming that 100% of the groups are participating, there's no way to catch up. Like, you literally would have to gather 500 new fans and get them to vote. It's just absurd. (laughs) It is a topic that drives me nuts. So the year plus I've been, I don't even know how long, um, the four comebacks I've experienced, it's just been eye-opening to me and very, very frustrating. But that's just the name of the game, honestly. You know, at the end of the day, these apps need to make money. The advertisers want to make money for advertising on these apps. And idols are just the pawns, basically. They're like the driving force to get people in there. So it's just crazy. I don't know. Um, Another proponent of K-pop that I think is very important to the marketing of it, the success, the money, everything, is the social media, is Twitter, and probably Instagram, and whatever. Basically, us fans are a huge driving force when it comes to spreading the word, hyping up groups, um, promotion, you know, everything like that. If it wasn't for social media, I feel like these groups would have a very hard time standing out, getting heard and noticed. Um, But, you know, you you start getting these factions or these fandoms building up and spreading word. And, you know, you got YouTube people posts, um, basically like a guide to the group. Or funny moments on the group and it's like all these little things that help you get to know these different idol groups and music their personalities and it's basically what can help suck you in and I say suck you in in a good way Um, otherwise how else are you gonna get to know these groups besides reality TV shows they might do or you know like I don't know all the different TV little segments that they do. But yeah, like we, the fans, are a huge marketing tool for the industry. A very, very good point of this would be the U.S. promo team for Monstax. A lot of us Monbebe feel like the U.S. team does zero promotion, and it's really frustrating. Sometimes there will be a... U.S. specific drop of an of a new album, like let's say Fatal Love, there'll be a U.S. version where there will be a uh, U.S. postcard with their little message on it or an exclusive photo card or whatever. But if the U.S. team is not tweeting about it or going on Instagram or promoting it at all, like if we're not seeing any promotion anywhere on social media, it's really upsetting for us because you're supposed to be supposed to be doing your job and you're supposed to be helping the group get the word out. And if there's mom baby in the US who don't even know that there's going to be a US release of an album until way after the fact, that's defeating the whole purpose. And at the end of the day, 
Mom Bebe takes it upon themselves to do the promoting for the group in the U.S. because they know that it's not being done by the team. So it's like, why would you even bother? Why would you even do your job if you know that the whole fandom's going to do it for you? And I know that this is kind of harsh and maybe it's a little baseless, but it's just a sentiment that a lot of mom babies have across the fandom. And it's not that we've only seen it happen once. It seems to happen over and over again. And it's, it can be really frustrating. But it also can show you the power of the fandom and social media. Which is why it's such an important factor for marketing and, you know, monetary gain and all that. Also a part of social media is the fact that in the past, we used to only have a magazine or going to the concert. Maybe if you're lucky, you got to like a meet and greet. Um, you know, everything was done offline. But nowadays, there's this whole online factor to the industry. Meaning there are social media platforms that have been created just for K-pop and just for you know, creating this online community amongst the fandoms and creating, like, platforms for idols to be able to talk to the fandom and interact or have some sort of relationship. And that would be definitely VLive and Weverse. So VLive is basically a video platform for all all different K-pop artists basically created broadcasts for the future and people will anticipate it or a lot of them just go on on the spot and then you get a notification being like BTS's V is live so then you can tune in and watch them. In this case I was doing the dishes and I got a notification that one ho was going live so I turned it on and did my dishes. <laughs> he went off and then literally 15 minutes later, he went live again. So I got another no- notification and then watched that. And it's like, sometimes it's more intimate stuff. Like it's just the idol or idols um, sitting around and interacting with Mom Bebe's chat and talking about their day or whatever. Um, sometimes it's like a cooking show or something. Or sometimes it's like one ho who is about to go on one of the award shows or music shows and is getting his hair done and is just kind of goofing around and wants Weenie to be a part of it. So it's kind of like this kind of more intimate way of getting to interact with the idols. And then Weavers is like the BTS version. So a lot of times they'll go on Weavers and talk to us fans or the fans will leave them messages and they will respond. Um, Fan Cafe, I don't have it, but I know that's also very similar to Weverse in terms of like posting messages for the group. Sometimes the members will write back. Um, But you know, it's like it just creates this community that is very, to me, it's very unique to K-pop. Maybe it's just because This didn't exist when I was into other groups back in the day. Maybe this stuff existed when I was into Super Junior in 2010, but I just didn't know it, and I didn't have access to it if it was around. I know for a fact that 
when I was really into Backstreet Boys or Hanson, they didn't have this crap. I did not get to go leave messages for my favorite member of Backstreet Boys and leave love for them and it's just it didn't exist. So to me this is new and to me I associate it with K-pop. But I could totally be wrong with all that. <laughs> um, talking about the physical album part again, I don't know if you're new to K-pop or if you're like a veteran. I'm sure you know all this stuff. But for me, this was very kind of confusing and hard to navigate when I first got into K-pop. The difference between a mini album versus a full album versus a mixtape versus a repackaged album. And I think this is important because when you go to buy the albums, you know, sometimes that information might matter. For instance, if I already bought an album and then they repackaged the album into a new album and then added three songs onto it, do I want to buy that album? Odds are, if you're a huge fan, yeah, you're going to buy it anyway. But if you're just kind of dabbling around with the K-pop and, you know, you're not like super, you're not a hardcore stan yet, it might matter. And knowing the difference can help. So a repackage album, I think, was probably the most confusing because I feel a lot of um, K-pop groups do that. For instance, I know... Um, I might say this in the wrong order, so I apologize, but Monsex's Beautiful album and then Monsex's Shine Forever albums have the same overlaps of songs because um, one is a repackage. And for the longest time, I just couldn't understand why and why did they do that? Like, why wouldn't you just take those three songs and maybe write two others and create another mini album? It's just really weird but it's kind of a clever marketing tactic because like I said, if you're interested, like really interested in this group, you're probably gonna buy it anyway. So it's just another way that they can get you to buy another album. I don't know, it's very interesting. And then in this case, Shine Forever has two versions. So it, again, makes you wanna buy both versions because they have different photo shoots and different concepts to them. But the mini album is probably the most common because it is a four to six song commitment and it costs less and it requires less time. Um, if you're trying to be more experimental with a certain sound or like a different genre and you don't know how your fans are going to take it, like a mini album is a heck of a lot less of a risk than a full album. Because a full album is 10 to 15 songs, and it takes a lot more time and a lot more money. And if, at the end of the day, if your fans don't like it, they're not going to buy it as much. And therefore, it's even more, more of a, like a loss of money. So, And then you have the mixtape. Basically, not a physical album. There's nothing to buy. It's just digital. And it's just one artist. For instance, if you think of a mixtape, you might think of RM's or August D, which is Suga from BTS, or J-Hope, or Juhan from Monsta X, or I Am. They're all usually rappers. But, an exception to this, and I'm sure there's more exceptions, 
V of BTS will be releasing his first mixtape this year in 2021. And it's going to have a crazy amount of songs. It's going to have 14, I think, 14 songs, which is way more than RM or Sugar have ever put on a mixtape. So it'll be really cool to see what a vocalist mixtape will be like. Um, talking about the physical album versus like streaming and why the physical album has such a, a hardship is because of the streaming. Um, there's an issue right now between Kakao M and Spotify. And at first I thought that this was just like a South Korean issue. This was not going to be anything that would impact me. But I just found out today that it definitely does impact me, <laughs> which is really frustrating. Basically, Kakao and Spotify, they're like competitors. So Kakao will not let Spotify have the licensing to allow people to stream artists that have um, special licensing through Kakao. Those artists are very mainstream artists like Monster X, I think IU, what's the other guy? Ugh. Zico, you know, like there's just a ton on the list. Basically what's happening that impacts even people in the US and across the world is the licensing deal that Spotify had with Kakao is gonna expire tomorrow, March 1st, 2021. And even though it's not even there yet, I have checked Spotify today and I noticed that Monstax still does have music on there, but it must be music that wasn't licensed um, exclusively through Kakao. So like Fatal Love, I think Fantasia, all that stuff was still on there, but Beautiful is not on there. It's all grayed out and Shine Forever is not on there. There's quite a few albums that aren't appearing. Um, so that's frustrating, especially for people who, you know, they really count on streaming to listen to music. As I said before, a lot of people don't have CD players anymore to listen. So what else are you supposed to do besides turn on Spotify or iTunes and, you know, connect it to a Bluetooth speaker? I do think that iTunes will still have all the music because if you purchase it, it's, I mean, it's not technically yours, but I feel like it's a little more permanent than the streaming. Um, I don't know what that means for iTunes streaming services, but then again, maybe they have a different licensing agreement with Kakao. I don't know, but hopefully they will get it fixed because it's really, really sad. <laughs> I listen to 90% of K-pop on my Spotify, so we'll see how this goes. But another factor of K-pop marketing that is so prolific and so successful, in my opinion, would be the collaborations between K-pop groups and other companies, such as um, Line Friends and BTS. They came together and created the BT21 merchandise. And I'm not sure who created the figurines, but I know that Mattel was a distributor for the US. And then 
You got Monster X with Tutukum, and the Tutukum was created by NCSoft. Wow, I can't even. So NCSoft, my fiance told me, is a like an electronics and video game company. So he thought it was really interesting that they created all these like squishy stuffed animal plushies for Monster X. It's very interesting overlay. But, you know, it's just another way that these companies are just geniusly marketing towards their demographic. I mean, I know there's a lot of K-pop men, like fans that are men, but let's be honest, I feel like a good chunk of them are female. And I, I don't know about you, but I absolutely love stuffed animals. I have had stuffed animals my whole life. Um, it's definitely something I have a hard time letting go of. You know, I, I have a few in my closet that have kind of like mementos or nostalgia to it. But then Tutukum came along. Oh, it's just none of it makes any sense. It's not logical. You're just like, I love them so much. And then they make such a squishy, cute, adorable little collectible squishy stuffed animal and you just want them all. It's, none of it makes sense, you know? Like, I am a grown ass woman. <laughs> I do not need 10 stuffed animals. I just don't. Yet, I literally probably have probably 10. I don't even know. And I want more. There's just, there's more to be had. I can't get them anymore because they're selling out these days. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Tutukum. They closed their store, but they said they'd still have an online store, but us international people can't really get to it, so I don't really know. All I know is you can't really find their goods anymore, which is sad. But they also make these light sticks for concerts and... I've never been one who would ever bring something like that to a concert. In fact, I'm actually thinking about buying the mini Mondugi, um, version 2. Because if for some reason I get to go see Monster X in May, which I highly doubt, but if there's some crazy miracle and I get to see them, I don't know if I want to bring my giant Mondugi with me. I mean... That's bulky. I don't, I have to be a big enough purse to bring it in. I have to assume that security will let me bring it in. And then I have to carry it around after the concert. And I have to fit all my merch that I'm going to buy at the concert in my bag with it. It just seems really crazy. So I think I might buy the little keychain version. Um, that way I can still participate and they can still kind of see it but it won't be a hindrance. But I don't know, these light sticks are crazy. They're expensive, but they make you feel like part of the concert and part of the fandom. You know, if you ever watch a live video of any of your idol groups performing and you get to see the audience waving their little sticks around, it looks really, really cool, especially when they're timed out to go with the music and you know all the colors are the same it's really really cool but you know that being said it's yet 
another expenditure and more money that we throw at the company because we want to be a part of the group. We don't want the fear of the missing out. It's quite clever, and some of them look really freaking cool. Um, some are a little weird. I don't know. To each their own. <laughs> but again, very much something that is exclusive to K-pop. I've never seen, besides a lighter or maybe a cell phone, I've never seen like an actual light stick for that specific group being used at a concert here in the US. So something to be said, huh, for marketing. It's pretty crazy. And then one last thing, two last things would be um, when you are getting into K-pop and you're really getting into a group, they oftentimes will have fan club memberships. So for instance, you can become an official member of the army for BTS and in my case when I signed up you had to you had to buy the member kit and the membership kit will come in the mail so there's like a $40 shipping charge it was really crazy but it oftentimes gives you um, like early access to the tickets so they'll have their own pre-sale or um, exclusive photos or whatever that the group might release, but to membership only people. And then sometimes they'll have a digital version only. So when I signed up for One Hose membership, you could do a digital version only or you could sign up for the membership kit. And I ended up doing his and I think his was a lot more affordable, but they, they end up being really nicely packaged. They have little trinkets and photo cards sometimes or photo books. So it's, it's just another level of inclusion if you're willing to pay some extra money. You know, gives you extra benefits. But again, I don't think I had ever heard of that before I got into K-pop. I don't know, maybe they had that stuff back in the day, but I just don't, I don't recall that. I don't know. I don't remember like opening up my Tiger Beat for Hanson and reading about a membership that I could buy <laughs> where they'd send me exclusive content via the mail. I don't really know. I don't think that existed. And then lastly would be like on top of everything else that they give us, they have photo books that aren't associated with music. Basically, um, they will drop a photo album, which just literally photo shoots and maybe some AR cards that play videos. They might come with the DVD with the behind the scenes. They run anywhere from 50 to 60 on dollars because again, you have to pay shipping. So it's just another thing that you're like, yes, take my money. <laughs> it's just crazy. I don't, I don't know how they do it. And then I know Monster X also releases Japanese albums. And when they do that, they almost always have an LP size, which is like a 12 inch version. It looks like, like an LP, but it has a CD inside. And it comes with an extra 
alternate cover, which they kind of treat as the photo card. And lately I've been collecting those because I think they're really cool. Um, and I'm going to display them on a shelf over my couch. But I don't know. I know other groups are doing that, like outside of K-pop. I saw them at Target when I went to peruse. So I know that K-pop's not the only ones doing that. I just think that's really cool. Um, it's like a whole another way to get you interested in buying more from them. I would probably not have bought all these if I had, if I didn't think they were cool, unique and all that. So <laughs> I don't know. They are just, they're really fucking marketing geniuses. That's all I got to say. I think that is basically it. That's all I got for you. Hopefully I didn't bore you to tears. Hopefully you found this subject kind of enlightening or interesting. Thank you very much for listening and like, subscribe, all that jazz. And check us out for episode three. And see you next time at the K-pop corner. Bye!